Oh, okay, gotcha. Cool. I can't believe I fucked up the... Damn it. I was going to do clear eye, full pod. Clear eyes, full pod, can't lose. God well, now, now, now it's a thing. You're not being able to sign it off, and it's fantastic. I know. It might be I know. my favorite I know. Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brandana sports podcast, episode nine, coming at you as we always do. And we got a show for you today. Let them know, most awesome. What are we bringing them? It's a beast episode. I just want to say it right now. It's a beast episode. It's a beast. It's, it's off the chains. It's coming at you. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> got a uh, big one. We're going to go through the rundown real fast. One message we have to drop on you guys. First of all, thank you for the subscribes and the comments and the emails. We're on iTunes. You can subscribe to us. Just search MAB Sports on iTunes. Subscribe, leave five stars, leave a little comment. Send us a message that we'll read on air. Email address is mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. And tell a friend. Uh, Mabby Hour is still going on. Let's tell them about Real Fast Most Awesome. We have a promotion coming up for our big 10th episode. Most Awesome's been digging in. We're going to hit a little bit of our highlights. A little bit how Most Awesome's a little bit of a soothsayer. How we kind of read the tea leaves a little bit. And we kind of saw, projected what the landscape of the sports world would be. That's right. We're inviting you guys to, we're going to extend the olive branch. A little invite to one listener out there to jump on and kind of talk about. One special guest. One. One special guest. One guest. One guest, one sports topic. And you know what? <laughs> you know, come come correct. I, we, we're not looking for a third host. Don't come on here trying to challenge my boy M.A., trying to make him look foolish, upstage him a little bit on the side. That's that's not how it's working. No, you, you are a guest on the... And wear something nice. You know, put on a little tie. It wouldn't kill you. Right, it's, our big, exactly. it's our big, big exactly. episode 10. I like how all your scenarios... <laughs> I like how all your scenarios were embarrassing me. Yeah. That, <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, you're... you're I mean, I'm, I'm, Brandon yeah. is like, my game is impenetrable. So, you know, that's, it is what it is. So, but oh, most no. Awesome, you <laughs> no, no, no. To be, to be honest, brother, it's more of uh, you're the talent. Like, I'm just doing the technical aspect. They come at me. I'm just going to fucking hang up on them. Moving on. That segment's over. Edit it out. Boom. Boom. <laughs> uh, chop, chop. Here's how I was going to shake down. It's a little bit about, uh, it's like Mabby Hour, which is still active. You guys haven't completely tapped us dry. So keep getting those subscribers at your local watering hole. Send a little picture. Send it over. Uh, MA order. Stay off that top mm-hmm. shelf. Stay off that top shelf. Exactly. Get nope. it down there. And limit yourself to one app. One <laughs> oh, oh, most awesome. Extended the offer now to one. You get one app. Make it, but a happy hour app. Also. Exactly. No fucking, no, no combo no platters. Just no, one app. No size, no combo platters. I don't, not those $25 <laughs> things because you can't make a decision. They all show up. Right. Mabby hour still going on, but for this contest, just shoot us an email. The contest starts right now. It expires Thursday, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern to get you on. We'll record uh, Friday night. Uh, see how many how many subscribers you can get for us this week. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll take you at your word. I like it. It's, it's, a, it's an honor system, but just shoot us some names. It's like, hey, it may be sports. I got three this week. I got four. I got five. And then join us on a call for episode 10. Okay, that's the promo, but that's, that's episode 10. We got one more step before we get to episode 10, and that's... Episode nine, my friend. Uh, how was your week, the brother? The one we're on right now. 
Yeah, this one. My week was great. My week was great. How was yours? It was good, man. Uh, I'm I'm sh- coming at you a little remotely out here in Liberty, Pennsylvania. Exactly. Internet's different Ooh. out here. It's, uh, the strongest yeah. signal in the it's world. It's Amish but... internet, right? <laughs> we, I'm, I'm huddled down in the corner of the production coordinator's room with the door shut while they're setting up for other shots. But it's just like too many nomads out there. Like we can't not do an episode. Exactly. It's like... I compare it to the one time you had the bubble guts and you still put on the game face and you came <laughs> <Right>. at them. <laughs> like, I, this is my version of having those bubble guts. Right. For those that are listeners, you can't see it. Brandon has got the eye black underneath his eyes. Mm-hmm. He's game face ready. He is game ready time. to go. Game time. Episode nine. Here's the rundown, people. Here's what we're coming at with you today. We're going to do rip from the headlines. We're talking top three NBA players five years from now. We're going to do the MAB inbox. We got two messages from uh, some loyal listeners. MAMA parenting tips. We're talking post them up. Most awesome coming at you with another good one. Neapolitan Showdown. We're talking 90s one-hit wonders. We go to the gambling corner. We're going to check Brandana's draft betting slips. Ugh. Ouch. Uh, (laughs) And we're going to... We're going to finish up with our MVP of the week. And finally, MA takes the mic and shares a 60-second tale from the frat. What do you think, Most One awesome? that I actually remember. Yeah. One that I actually remember, <laughs> yeah. so it should be a good one. Which, when, he was, when we were doing our pre-pro and he was like, hey, I remember one, that pretty much gives it the automatic green light. Because <laughs> we get that memory going. Right, exactly. That's, yep. that's my one. That'll be my one for the Tales from the Frat. Perfect. Uh, hey, Most Awesome, bring us to the song. Let's get into it. Let's get some jams going. All right, guys, ripped from the headlines, top three NBA players five years from now. Most awesome. Why did we kind of jump on this? What were we thinking? We were, we were jumping on it because of the young upstart Philadelphia 76ers, right? And they're they're kind of making a splash in the league. Plus, you've got LeBron. He's he's struggling in the first round. Today, when we're recording it, well, they're, they're heading into game seven against the Pacers. And you just kind of look at the top tier talent guys in the league and in five years from now, they're going to be kind of trending on the downside of their careers. So we kind of thought, who is going to be, who's going to be the next person to take the baton and really kind of take over the league? And so we thought about, let's do in our top three players in the NBA five years from today. Who do we think that those three players are going to be? And as always, I've got 18 selections. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Uh, I think what we're going to do is I definitely want to hear your take on this. I'm yep. going to throw mine at you, and you just give me a yes or no if it's on your list and kind of tell me why included, why not. Does that sound all right? Okay. 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 So Perfect. we're talking, I love it. talking best players in 2023. Uh, you brought up the 76ers. Right. Uh, I, as we know, uh, KU alum. I'm going Embiid. Agree or disagree? Uh, not my top three. Okay. All right. I disagree. Disagree. Okay. Do you have? I've got some stats to back this up. Let's hear them, brother. You, do you have somebody? I'll, I'll ask right now. Do you have somebody that's actually on the Philadelphia 76ers on your list? Not my top three. If, if okay. we extended it to five, I, I'd, I'd have two. Sure. But I don't have them in my top three. And I went back and forth on this a lot. I, at first, I thought that this was going to be a layup. Yeah. And then I started looking at some stats and some advanced kind of advanced metrics, it, too. And it's a deep three. Uh, it's a deep three. It's a challenge. It's a it half-court shot. Three. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't have – I have Joel – Embiid, Joel Embiid, on my top five list. I don't have him in my top three. Here's the reason why I, I knocked him down a couple times. Is it times. health? Health is one of them. 
in comparison to the other three players that have been on there, he's got two foot surgeries and a knee surgery, pretty significant injuries for a, a, a front court big man, right? Um, and then when you look at his stats and compare it to some of the other guys that are out there that I have on the list, um, that kind of served as that next level, hey, I'm going to have to bump this guy over that, over Joel Embiid, because he hasn't been dinged up and their stats look pretty good. And then we start talking about things about win share, which is a stat that kind of measures the player's impact, how they directly correlate to wins for their team, and some other, you know, um, box plus minus, and -hmm. some other value over replacement player stats that are kind of, you know, they're the nerd stats versus just, you know, boards and block shots and, you know, buckets, right? Then you start going and looking at it and going, ah, it's tough for me to... T- tough for me to jump Joel Embiid in front of a couple other players that I have. Okay. But I, I, I don't disagree that he's going to be a top-flight player in the league. I just don't think we can officially say top three. Okay. So All right. like we were at so far. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm 0 for 1. Uh, shot 1 over 2. Okay, uh, on my list, I put uh, <laughs> uh, no necessary order. Uh, I have Anthony Davis. He'll be 29 in 2023. He is on yep. a... Like lower tier market team would probably be a fucking understatement, uh, especially in the NBA, a little bit of a San Antonio whenever you can kind of put, especially in this day and age with a little bit of the super teams, put uh, a team that's underneath the radar kind of on your shoulders and thrust them in the spotlight. I think they're uh, they're coming into it a little bit quicker than everyone projected, and he's 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 doing a lot without having a lot, which uh, is, is pretty impressive. So this, uh, he showed up on my radar as one of the guys five years from now that can we can really be talking about t- taking a team and, and pushing them into that kind of uh, semifinals final. Yeah, no, I agree. He's he's number two on my list. Oh. Um, for all the things that you said, for all the things that you said, um, you know, just seeing the jump in in when it in money time when it matters, right? His yep. season stats were twenty eight, eleven, two assists, two and a half blocks, and a half, you know a steal and a half a game. That's what he averaged. Yeah, he had the second highest win share, which means. His play contributed the most, second most. James Harden was the first in win share mm-hmm. of his team. And then when you look at box plus minus, he was at a five. So that means he is, a box plus minus is a box score estimate of the points per 100 possessions mm-hmm. that a player contributed above a league average player. So it's basically saying like, what is this guy, how is he better on the court than say a, a league average player? Mm-hmm. And, a, and a plus five on that stat is, is a pretty good stat. So, and then a lot of times people look at per, which is player efficiency rating. He was at 29 for the season, so 15 is average. Mm-hmm. So 30 is is LeBron territory. So he's at 29 right now. In the playoffs, he's been 32. He's just been dominant in the playoffs. My my slight little thing on him is, is he tends, because he is so tall and he's wiry, he tends to get dinged up a little bit. So I, I worry that of all my players, he's the oldest one. He's 24 right now. He's the oldest one on my list mm-hmm. that in five more years with logging that many minutes, could we actually be seeing the peak of Anthony Davis's game right now? Mm. But unfortunately, LeBron is still LeBron and Harden and Durant and Curry and all those guys and Westbrook, all those guys are just a little bit ahead of him. So if he's, you know, he could be one injury. So I have him as two. But I don't think he's going to be the guy that's going to take the league over in five years. All right. And a little fun fact about Anthony Davis. He has more steals a game than eyebrows. Uh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Uh, my third. I, like that. <laughs> uh, I the funny yeah, thing the, is the, the that, that, like, <laughs> okay, here comes the eyebrow. Here comes the eyebrow. I joke, snuck it on you. Gonna get there. That's I, what I wanted. To I yeah, snuck exactly. it on you. Luckily, like you it. give me enough time listening through all your stats. I'm just like, all right, let me. What stat lines up with this eyebrow <laughs> fun fact? All right, uh, third on my list is I have Giannis. Uh, he'll be 27 to 22. Okay. Uh, again, he has a little bit of that um, doing a lot on a team that kind of no one expects a little bit of putting a team on his back, making it happen. And sure. uh, yeah, got to watch him play. Obviously, I didn't get to see him play a lot in the regular season. Not a huge Bucks watcher. Sure. Now just kind of seeing him play, forcing Boston to a game seven. And is he a big man? I'm wondering if like any, if the, if the resurgent of like the post player is coming back. And it looks like it is a little bit, but then... These really kind of tall stretch dudes have such they they have jumpers they have like a little bit of an outside game that none of them are really like playing with their back to the basket and I'd like to see more of that and maybe that's just kind of like a a yesteryear thing that I long for. What's your thoughts, most awesome? Yeah, I mean he's got a little bit of that game. He he shoots fifty three percent from the field and I think his like two point percentage true shooting. So when that's when they weed out some of the threes, he's at like fifty five or fifty six percent. Um, so he does have a mid range ish kind of high post, low post game, especially because he is six eleven, and he's strong enough. I mean, right in, in the series against the Celtics, he's defending Al Horford, who's been traditionally like a small, you know, center, you know, power forward. So he's defending him as a as a wing, as a you know, essentially what people would call a, a three, a small forward. He defends him, but then on the other end. Horford can't really stay with him. He can't check him. So he creates an all, you know, an, an uncomfortable matchup for anyone that he plays. And he's actually the the Greek Feek is is actually number 1 on my number, number 1 on my list. list. Hmm. Because of all those things that you said, but the, the battleship hit, brother. Battleship hit. Exactly. <laughs> he's going to be 28. He is the guy from Milwaukee. Uh, it's his team. There's no sharing the team. There's no sharing the the load and responsibility. He contributes both offensively and defensively, um, which you see in in his box plus minus. And he's got a pretty high per uh, player efficiency rating. And his game has ultimately stepped up a ton in the playoffs. And I think that is a hallmark of somebody who you know is going to kind of take those reins, be the man. Is how you step up in the playoffs and and I think he's going to be the kind of next hybrid of player same with Anthony Davis I mean they're very similar in kind of body type and height wise their skill sets are a little subtly different uh Jonas is a little bit better of a ball handler handler but they're both hyper athletic long guys who can do multi multi-dimensional things on on both offense and defense so I have him as one and and the brow as two. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my three that people left off. And, and, and actually, let me let me ask you this, okay? Yeah. Between Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid, whose stat line is this for the season? I, they're they're basically the same. Twenty two points, eleven. I, I I just ruined the game right there. I'd like to guess. Are they basically the same? Right. Are they pretty close? I, my my oh, instincts. Thank you. Well Thank done. you. Well Thank done. you. I'll take a point for that. We don't even assign points in this round, but I'm taking one. Take a point. <laughs> take a point because I've ruined it. Uh, I'd be a terrible teacher. Um, so they both average about 21, 22 points a game, 12 mm-hmm. boards, 11 boards, two to three assists, 
a block and a half and a steal a game. Here's the biggest difference is, is when you look at the, you know, just the stat lines, Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid are the, exactly the same. When you look at the advanced metrics, here's where you start to see a little bit of difference. Carl Anthony Towns has a 14 win share. So his contributions on the court are actually being impacting Minnesota's success at a at a greater success or at a higher rate than say Joel Embiid's. He had a 6.2 win share. So Carl Anthony was at 14. His box plus minus Carl Anthony Towns 5.5. Joel 2.3. Uh, his value over replacement player. So this is basically saying like what the estimate is 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 if you were contributing above a replacement player level. So what what he contributes over to somebody that's average. Um, you're looking at 5.5 versus 2.2, and his per is 25 versus 23. Coincidentally, their playoffs, they're basically the same on that well, too. They kind of shrunk in the playoffs. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns only averaged 15 and 13. Joel was 19 and 10. Same relative BPM. Um, the knock on Carl Anthony Towns is he doesn't play defense all that well. He he stepped up defensively because that's where he had his highest plus minus. He had a 4.7 defensive box plus minus during that uh, first round series. And they're seven, they were at a 17 per. So I give him the edge over Joel Embiid for the fact that in three seasons, Carl Anthony Towns has never missed a game. 82 of 82 games, three straight years. He's a, uh, he's a year younger. Okay. And so he's only going to be, he's only 22 now and he'll be 27 in five years. I think his ceiling is just a touch higher the fact that he is durable, their stats line are basically the same through the regular season, but he doesn't have two foot surgeries and a knee surgery. God, they went to uh, they went to five games with the Rockets. They won one against the Rockets. Timberwolves. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They drew the Rockets. I couldn't think of it. So, yeah, and then, and that's the thing is is and and Minnesota has really good players in in Wiggins and Jimmy Butler. Right, so mm-hmm. his win share to me stands out at a at a higher rate because he has two contributors. Because people could make the argument, well, Joel Embiid has Ben Simmons. Well, yeah, but Carl Anthony Towns has two really good players as well too. Yeah, but he carries the load in terms of that team's success. And I so I had Joel Embiid as five, and I had Ben Simmons as four. And I, I, at first, I had him in the top three because I love his multi dimensional game. We talked about him early on being as a you know, a, a transcendent player, kind of a, a LeBron. And one thing that I heard people say is, is he's LeBron without a jump shot. So let me ask you this. I'll, here's, here's where I can be redeem my, my questions. How many, how many three point baskets did Ben Simmons make this year? Brandana three point baskets. Did Ben Simmons make, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, 210, 210. Okay, so you only you, you missed it by two hundred and ten. He made zero, zero for eleven. He does he can't shoot on the on the year. Oh man, I I don't know. I I thought he shot year. a little bit more from the three point line on that. No, exactly. So that's a that's a big misconception. That I think that you know because then I started thinking, how can you have a player in today's game take the reins as the guy who can't shoot a three? I mean, it's it's the three ball is king. You have to be able to shoot the three, yeah. and and you could sit there and say, well, he, he you know he's still developing. So if so you look cool. at him in comparison to like Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis the first three years never shot a three. Now he can shoot the three, so he he made like two or one in his first three years, Anthony Davis. Yeah. But the biggest difference between 
Davis and say someone like Ben Simmons is, is Davis could actually shoot. You have some statistics to back that up. His free throw percentage is at like 84% now, and he came into the league at like 78%. Hmm. So you know the form was there and the technique was there. He just hadn't developed the range on the shot. Ben Simmons, if you were to venture a guess, what do you think? He, we, you think he's in the 70s, 80s, Ben Simmons on the free throw line? Uh, I mean, 60s, yeah, I, what do you think you'd sit at? I, I mean, I'd put 80s. I would say 80s. Yeah, he's fifty. He shoots fifty six percent from the free throw line. Jesus. Okay, so I'm gonna so, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and give you two hundred and ten points for me being off by two hundred and ten. So <laughs> we're gonna take that right. mi- minus the one point I got earlier. So you're plus two oh nine. I you like get, that. You I got like one. More, you got one more stat for me on that. Most awesome. But you're, you're, no, no, you're, you're good. That's you're it. I mean, so I, yeah. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't sit there. And then the other thing is, I just want to throw out there. We talked about the 76ers. They could get to the conference finals. They could even make it to the finals this year. There's a lot of egos. There's a lot of personalities on there. There's a lot of Snapchatting and trust the process and all that good fun stuff. Are we seeing Are we seeing uh, Orlando Magic 2.0? Are we seeing, could we have some strife in the, in the community of the 76ers? Where, and I'm not saying it's happened. There was a great article that our, our friend sent out over the text thread about um, the, the coach Brown bringing them all together, doing PowerPoint presentations sharing collectively their experiences with each other where they came from interesting stuff so i think it's it's good to kind of make them as a team so they're not against each other but this is professional sports and and egos and competitiveness are at the highest order where we're at so you know how plausible is it that we could see a little rift on this team if there is a little bit of success you know or if somebody's getting a little bit more shine than the other person not saying it's going to happen but it's definitely there. It's, it could be there, especially when you've got a lot of big personalities. Okay, so real fast, uh, closing out this segment, let me know who has the most championships at the end of their career. Embiid, Simmons, Anthony Davis, Giannis, and Anthony Towns. Who has the most? Shit, man. You, you got to think. I mean, having two of those guys on the same team gives you the the advantage, right? So you, right. you got to say, if they keep it together, you've got to say Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. But let's say free agency does free agency things or people get injured. I actually think, you know, man, I really like Giannis and I really like Anthony Davis. And I think Anthony Davis is playing his best ball right now. And coaching is everything. So, yeah, I'd probably have to say Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid because I I think their coach is better than, than the other three three guys on that list so i'm gonna say if they get i'm gonna say they're gonna get two out of that there's it from uh, most awesome that's ripped from the headlines and as soon as ben simmons gets to 210 three points made in his career you and i are going to get together for a little beer <laughs> on me we're exactly we're gonna have a countdown <laughs> we're gonna celebrate it celebrate it hopefully it happens before my 40s all right uh mab inbox uh we got a couple today we have um a listener that we have that has emailed us before. Uh, Callie's reaching out to us about sponsorship. And then uh, we have an uh, email from, let's read their email names they signed with. I got to stop saying people's emails address, I think. I mean, <laughs> right. I've heard people say that on radio shows. I've also heard people say, uh, we're up against it. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to start saying that. We're up against it today. Like uh, right. I think that's like a clock or sponsorship. But, you know, <laughs> we're going to start speaking the lingo. I looked up some phrases. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to drop more often. Uh, our second one is... I like it. It makes it seem more professional. <laughs> like we're not, like does, I'm not in my basement and you're not in some bedroom. <laughs> uh, yeah, the second one's signed by Josh Allen as Tim Tebow without a prayer. So that gives a little hint on what we'll be getting into there. Uh, first email is from sure. our Cali listener. Oh, it's signed NFL Snack Friend. But I'm going to say her name. You'll see why. Her email is... Um, 
about we had our side dish conversation i put in cheddar peppers here's her email yes cheddar jalapenos are delicious but you like mine right that's cheddar and cream cheese use closed-minded brat should i offer my bacon wrapped jalapeno mm. poppers as the first sponsor of ma mab love always nfl snack friend well callie uh, you have an interesting way of coming about that, calling me a closed-minded brat. But in right. the not doing a lot of good things to win us over. Uh, but but I'll be, try it. To be honest, we don't have a not a lot of elbow room, uh, so we're still kind of looking for those sponsors to jump in. So I think we kind of have to take what we can get. So Callie, this is for you. Asking you shall receive. Hello, Nomabs. The MAB inbox is brought to you today by Cali Bacon Wrapped Jalapeno Poppers. That's a fully spicy pepper packed with cheese and wrapped with mouth-watering bacon that's perfect for your next MAB podcast listening party. Callie's bacon-wrapped jalapeno poppers. Just like Callie, they're coming in hot. Now available without cream cheese. Boom. There you go, Callie. Thanks so much. That'll be $200. <laughs> oh, boom. But, uh, and, I love it. Yes, yes. Make the check payable to Most Awesome. I know. Yep. 200 bucks, And I think, well, Most Awesome brand or, or Brandana, whichever. I don't know if either of those would actually cash. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we do have an event coming up, though. I think... In June, we have an event, so feel free to uh, send us a big platter of those, but seriously, without cream cheese. So who, who yeah, okay, we can get into your cream cheese d debate, maybe, maybe, well, maybe that'd be a whole Neapolitan showdown, we'll just drill into you, like, why do you hate white creamy things, like, yeah. who did something wrong to you, we, like, we what's happening, you know what I mean? Well, like, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty cut and dry, mayonnaise and the taste of sour milk is fucking disgusting, there you go, case closed, ask and answered. Oh, okay, alright, alright. Yesterday, I did have... Uh, well, I had a uh, I had a Neapolitan ice cream sandwich, and I was just sent you a picture of it, and I did oh, I did eat that, it that. I did eat it in a certain order, so vanilla has to come second, but I did strawberry vanilla chocolate. Gotcha, yeah, because because vanilla is always in the middle, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's an ice you could have been sandwich. a real monster and just eating the ends <laughs> off of both of them, just throwing the vanilla on the ground. How many? What's the over under? Uh, let's say we get to a hundred episodes. What's the over under that we talk about? I know it's the Neapolitan showdown, so we'll say that word every time. But how often is the order of that fucking ice cream gonna come up? Oh, if we talk a hundred podcasts, yeah. I mean, I think we're. At, I'd say the I put the over under at like seventy five because right now we're like <laughs> seven out of our nine podcasts. Man, we so, just can't retire. Um, but yeah, I do. I do like that you read that. Uh, you dropped into your like super announcer announcery voice. I like you. Like got an octave lower. You're like, oh yeah, buddy. hello there, nomads. Oh, yeah. I like it. I like your. I like Brandana broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Thanks, buddy. Oh yeah, we always forget to tell them we don't record this in the same room. I think a lot of people that kind of don't know us. We're not. We understand you can listen to any podcast with two guys that used to know each other from L.A., then moved to two different spots of the country, and now talk sports, pop culture, parenting, and gambling. But out of all those options you have of that... They're everywhere. <laughs> They're all over iTunes. You, I get it. You chose us, and we, we appreciate it. But yeah, we... Uh, right. Do this over Skype. So he got to see me literally duck low and go into my right, right. Uh, commercial voice. Oh, it'll us. come up later in the podcast, though. It'll come up later <laughs> in the podcast. Let's get on to uh, the second email. Get a hit of water for this one. A little yes. long-winded. It right. is long. Uh, hello, most awesome Brandana Sports, Babies, and Snack Podcast.com. Can you guys please dig in a little bit and tell me why known draft experts are ranking Josh Allen number one in the draft? It is to look smart. Is it to look smart when the Browns make a horrifying mistake and take him over uh, Rosen and Darnold? And why are they making a player comp for him as Patrick Mahomes, a guy they projected as a late first rounder? It seems Josh Allen has the legit problems erroneously projected on Mahomes. Is this a reaction to them being so wrong about him last year? Josh Allen's measurables are wonderful as long as you ignore all things involved in actually playing quarterback. Has a project quarterback ever worked out? I can't think of one. This guy was a 
MWC honorable mention for fuck's sake. Then he goes on to talk about how Patrick Mahomes is going to be awesome. Signed, Josh Allen is Tim right. Tebow without a prayer. What's your thoughts? Most awesome. The the last thing that he said before he got into you know stroking off Pat Mahomes was that um, when is a project quarterback ever worked out? I, mm-hmm. I I can't agree with this with this emailer or disagree with this emailer. Um, because yeah, it is. It's it's define a uh, project quarterback. What's he talking about here? Right, a, a project quarterback is somebody that obviously can't play today, but is definitely going to have to. You know, it's a system quarterback, say like Andre Ware, who plays in a very pass happy. I'm going way deep, right? Sure. Pass happy offense that is not a prototypical NFL offense, right? Mm-hmm. Or somebody who is like jo- uh, Josh Allen, who's got all the talents and all the measurables in the world but has to work on some core fundamentals before he can step out on the field or somebody that they take like a, like a Carson Wentz who played at uh, North Dakota state, a, a lower division, lower tier school that then has to kind of wait and sit so he can get acclimated to the, not just the NFL, but, you know, make that big jump from, you know, D one to NFL to, you know, F FCS to NFL. So that's really a quarterback, somebody that's going to need, you know, is a year away or at least a year and really working on either learning the system, uh, learning an NFL system, working on uh, fundamentals of the position or just getting acclimated to the the change in competition. So here's the thing is, is the, so, so, you know, I, I only heard in the very beginnings uh, the Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes comps, strictly just on arm speed or arm talent and his ability to throw the ball, not so much on everything else. So that that comparable kind of washed away. And a lot of people were then talking more like a Jake Locker, who is who is very comparable to um, to Josh Allen is is really great athlete, pretty good arm, um, but horribly inaccurate. Uh, and that's that's the big knock on Josh Allen is he's inaccurate. So let me go through some of the pros on Josh Allen. The reason why guys are, you know, projecting him so high. Sure. Um, he has probably one of the best arms that people have seen in the last five years, and that's including Pat Mahomes. I mean, he's every bit of the arm. You know, he can he can do he can make every throw. He can do it all, uh, and he's got a cannon of an arm. I mean, he can just fling it. 70 yards, throw it from his knees, 50 yards. He can, he really can do it. He's good athlete. Okay. A better athlete than Carson Wentz. He actually played in the same system that Carson Wentz played in, in college. So this guy named Craig Bowl, who was at, um, who was at North, North, North Dakota state two years, or I think it was like his, uh, Wentz's junior year left to go to Wyoming and then was coaching up Rosen at Wyoming. So it's a, it's a, it's a very pro schemed, you know, uh, system. So you look at Wentz's numbers in college, they weren't blow your hair back numbers. You know, he also was dinged up his senior year, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't throwing 54 touchdowns like, you know, um, like Mahomes did in, in, in college or whatever, you know, this is a pro style, you know, drop back play action pass, which is very comparable to the NFL. The other thing is, is he, he mentioned Tebow, right? That the big knock on Tebow is he had, a decent arm, but he had a huge, incredible windup, like a baseball pitcher, because Tebow was a baseball guy coming out of high school. He was a big baseball player. Uh, Josh Allen has an elite release. What I mean by that is he can get rid of the ball very quickly. Mm-hmm. He His release time is on the same level as Tom Brady, which has been a marker for Tom Brady's success for all of his physical limitations. 
And the biggest thing that I think is tantalizing people on Allen is, is that he has made a huge improvement from college to then the senior bowl, right? From what they saw, the tape that he did on college. And in college, he did not play well against D1 teams. Iowa, he had a terrible game. He had an okay game against Central Michigan. But these are not, you know, this is not Alabama and Michigan. This is, you know, Iowa and, although Iowa's a good squad, but Central Michigan is not great. Um, then from the senior bowl, right, the improvement that he made there to the combine, to his pro days, um, they saw a huge kind of shift in his play and his abilities and the, the, his kind of fundamentals, his footwork, which is a, which is an issue. And he, he understands the concepts on the whiteboard. So which he can, he's got kind of the, the football gray matter. He's got it between the ears. Mm-hmm. So those are all the pros. Those are all the reasons why the biggest thing are the scary things is that he has a lot of inaccurate moments, right? When he gets kind of challenged, he misses a lot of passes, easy passes that should be layups for for a quarterback. And he doesn't have much of a touch or he doesn't anticipate the pass well, which anticipation is almost... So you think of a Drew Brees. Drew Brees has excellent anticipation for when that guy's going to get open. So he's throwing it before he sees the guy open. So Josh Allen is really weak in that category. Like I said, he, he kind of had sketchy footwork. Footwork is kind of that you know muscle memory thing. Is it hard to get worked out over three months? It's going to take a lot of practice. And um, the other thing is, is so he's got great whiteboard skills, but it doesn't always get it doesn't always transition to the field where he loses those the, that knowledge seeing it on the field. And so those are the big things. So I you know I I agree. His when you look at some advanced metrics. Josh Allen is is in the bus category, but every coach who's out there in the NFL, and we've seen this time and time again, is going to sit there and go, but you can't coach what he does with his arm. I can coach the rest. I can get him on his pre-reads. I can put him in a system that will be successful for him, and I can get him on working on his fundamentals. And then once it all kind of comes together, then we've got this arm talent that no one else in the league has. He's going to make Brett Favre type throws. Yeah, no one else can do that. You know. Well, that's perfect. So. And, and now we kind of know, like, uh, we're coming to this email. It was written before the draft, and now the draft's done, and we see that he didn't go one overall. The Browns passed on him. Uh, the Jets right. passed on him, going with Sam Darnold, and then the Broncos, who could have taken a QB and might have if uh, Darnold or Mayfield were available, uh, didn't take a quarterback at all, and he fell number seven to the Bills. Uh, great. Right. Well, uh, and they, they traded up to get him too. Uh, well, thank you so much for that email. Josh Allen is Tim Tebow without a prayer. And for those of you playing at home, I'll leave a little Easter egg. Uh, the guy who wrote this email was the same guy from two episodes ago that stole my laundry detergent and tail from the frat. So still not over that. <laughs> Anonymous. People are starting to put the pieces together and you know, figure out who this guy is. Exactly. Exactly. And they're going to fucking get him. Uh, all right. Let's go hear the MAMA parenting tips. Take us to the jams. All right. Uh, MA? Got the MAMA parenting tips. What do you got for us this week? What are we talking about? What's the haps? How can I make my kid better? I don't have one, but some of the listeners out there, they want to know. They want to know, right? And so what we're talking about today is posting them up. And so I'm not talking about, you know, taking them out into the backyard and, and doing a drop step or, you know, hitting them in the chin with, uh, with, with an elbow there. I'm talking about Emily Post, Miss Manners, and the importance of instilling manners on your children at a young age. I think a lot of times 
brandana. Parents think like, oh, my kid's really young and, and they'll get coached up. We'll coach them up, right? It's kind of like we talked about with Josh Allen. It's like, oh, I'll get to those fundamentals later. I, I just want to instill good, good uh, life skills on them today. But I'm here to tell you, people, that posting up your kids is actually going to be pretty advantageous for them in the long run and, and life in general. So start on it and start on it early. Um, as, as I've kind of said before, I've got a four-year-old and a almost two-year-old. So the two-year-old we are working on, please and thank you. And we've been working on it probably six, eight months ago, you know, because we work on, you know, just kind of the, the ritual of, hey, I hand you this, you say thank you. You ask for that, you say please, right? So um, the reason why I say that is it's going to help them integrate into society with kids, with their parents, the, the kids' parents, right, the teachers. I mean, think about all, all of your friends. If, if you went over to somebody's house, Brandana, and you used manners and you were polite, it always got back to you, and your parents were always, ha- you know, those parents of your friends were always happy when you came over, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're going to ingratiate yourself into the community that you're around, and it's just going to make life a little bit easier for those kids. Plus, it's going to kind of help them out, kind of understand, you know, just that the the world is not just central to them. The world is not just all about them, that they're, ha- that, that, you know, being invested in a community is actually having respect and kind of, uh, um, you know, an understanding of the person that is on the other side of, of you and, and, and how their feelings are. And so politeness and manners and, and a lot of those things and the please and the thank yous and understanding somebody else, those all started at an early age because when they're little tykes, everything is about them. The, the world is, they're, they're the center of the universe. So if you can start instilling it early, it actually makes your life easier later on when they should be doing those things. Mm-hmm. So work on it, work it on early, post them up early. And that's what I have for you. Great. Okay. So what's, what's it like if a kid's not polite to you, if you're kind of hanging out on a play date, where does it go too far for another person's parents to be like, Hey, you got to be polite here or telling your kids, say, please say, thank you. Is it kind of a community effort? We all have kids. We all need to teach them together. Or are you a little bit of just as a parent, maybe just come to me and like, maybe I'll have that conversation with my kid. How does that work? Yeah. It's funny that you bring that up because, um, we also like, I, I'm not a big believer in unless the kid's doing something that could hurt somebody else or really damage something like I'm not going to come in there and be like, Hey, you know, I just gave you a popsicle. You need to tell me, thank you. Like, uh, you know, to somebody else's kid that that's not going to be my role. Um, but it's funny that you bring it because we, we talk about rude dudes in our house. So there are sometimes, you know, my daughter will be like, Oh, that boy didn't put his cart. We were at the grocery store and some kid did not put the grocery cart away and my daughter was like, oh, there, that's a rude dude. That's a rude dude, daddy, because he didn't put his grocery cart in the, in, the, in the shopping thing. So I think it's better served to have the conversation if, you know, if some kid's bugging out and losing their shit, if they bring it up to you, you can talk to them like, yeah, they're, they're being a little bit rude and that's not how we act and we want to make sure that we use our, our manners and so that they can understand like, oh, that's, that's not an okay behavior, right? Because a lot of times children mirror what they see in the world, right? They, they mirror your behavior. They see outside influences and they mirror that and they try it out and they kind of see how it fits on them. So we talk about rude dudes in our house all the time. Right. And we even say, Hey, you're being a rude dude. You're, you're being a little rude there. You you need to use your manners, especially to my four year, four year old who can kind of understand the concepts a little bit more. 
Um, my youngest one, it's really just working on please and thank you and really just kind of setting that foundation consistently, doing it often. Um, and the one thing I will say is, is parents will kind of feel like, oh, this feels like it's too much too early. I'd say not. I mean, they get it. They understand it. Kids like the boundaries of it. And I guarantee you the first time that they hop out of a, a car and an adult helps them out and they say thank you and the, and the adult looks at you kind of like, oh, wow, I, I'm surprised they said that. It, you're going to feel like a, a huge parenting win right there, right? right. Yeah. Because yeah. It's, it, that's, the, that's the highest honor that you can get as a parent is another parent acknowledging how good your kid is. That's the highest honor. Yep. Uh, well, that's, that's very awesome. Uh, well, thank you. MA for that MA MA parenting tip. Uh, I just want to. I want to. I like. I want to. You're, you're you're welcome, kind sir. <laughs> Thank you. I just want to show you my manners before I rude dude you in the Neapolitan showdown. Take us to the jams. <laughs> so let's leave it alone, cause we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me, and we just disagree. You're all about tagging it, Brandon. Brandana, you're always getting it. I love it. All right. Neapolitan Showdown. Today we're talking 90s one hit one. This segment, this started with a little ridiculous ice cream ranking. If you go back and listen to the episode, I blow it off and MA can't get over the fact that he did invent this. And it is a, it's a big part of our show. It's it's taking the nomads by storm. I mean, really, the, the if you look at the the map out there, it's um, everyone can't help themselves when they get to the spot. They love it. They talk about it. It's it's. I, I don't want to say it's water cooler, talk just, <laughs> just yet, they want it. yeah, but it's it's cl- it's it's close. It's yeah. It's the new water cooler material, and we hit we hit all kind of topics. And today we're doing '90s one hit wonders. All right, so uh, I got my three. I know you got your mm-hmm. three, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little a little quiz quiz session for you, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna score this session as we do traditionally for the last two episodes. I'm gonna keep the score, and we're gonna decide a winner. Uh, the start of this episode right now, we have Ma at plus two hundred and nine points, so this will be. Boom. But you know, uh, I will start with one. I will start with my number three '90s one-hit wonder. I'm going with how bizarre, how bizarre. OMC, how bizarre. Uh, this song, oh, like, no. I don't know what about, like, I couldn't, it didn't sound like any other song on the radio. Right. I think it came out around the time I was in eighth grade or so, and I remember, like, kind of, ooh, baby, ooh. I, okay, number one, M.A., <laughs> this is going to get ridiculous. I love that this, I know. this segment could really I, turn into us just acapella riffing. And so, oh, we even did an air horn. Dude, good ear, you're right, dropping the ball, it's not being on the home turf. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, exactly. I just realized I didn't spend enough time thinking about how much I should not sing any of these songs for the sake of our listeners. And Emma and I, I Emma, Emma and Brandana, neither of us pride ourselves as bit. We're not like music junkies. We're not the guy with like thousands of like deep B side cuts of like jams. Like we're just like, yes. I I love I love my cheesy shitty music when I listen to it. And uh, OMC, how bizarre! I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. That's my number three. Uh, what do you got, brother? That's your number three? Yeah, and, and I want to set the table here a little bit, too, it, yeah. for the nomads out there that are going to be listening to this. be like, oh, my God, you know, OMC's second album was amazing. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> oh, look, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. we don't know. Save it. This is, Save this it. is, this is a straight-up one-hit wonder. You know what I mean? Like like you said, no no deep B cuts. No. You know, I'm like, oh, I like their first work, you know, before yeah. they went commercial or some bullshit. 
Let, let me do, let me do you a favor, no Mavers. I love that point, most awesome. Don't waste your fucking time. If if I want to say just like Karma Police, <laughs> right. Karma Police by Radiohead is like a one hit. Want to get the fuck over it? Like I'm gonna say it. Like I don't. We, we don't know. So deal with it. That would be a bit egregious, but I, I'll defend my pod partner on <laughs> my that pod, one. Okay. Pod partner. My pod partner. So what what is your criteria for this? What 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 help you separate the men from the boys in turn or the the one hit wonder? you know, cream of the crop or, or, or cream corn of the cop, sure, I, I, uh, crop, what, I should say. I, I balanced a little bit of just like when it came out, I was obsessed. Uh, it, you know, doesn't really have, the oh band never really came out with another song. And uh, it, I haven't yeah. listened, I haven't listened to it in like, like 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like a song I'm obsessed with. And then when it comes out, like you, uh, okay. you listen, you listen to it so much back in the day that you're fucking sick of it. Or you just realize like, wow, this is, this was a trash song. Right, right, right. Although okay. I do have an exception to the rule, right. my number two on that. Yeah, see, all mine are my, all of mine are uh, a little exceptions to that rule. I actually looked at the exception of that because I was like, I these are these are one hit wonders, not just in the in the camp of being one hit wonders like Mambo Number no. Five, which is if that's on your list, just bump up around me right now. But, <laughs> no, no. Um, well, it's a bar, bar, bar. I put on my honorable mentions just because I wanted that as how to define a one hit wonder. <laughs> Because there was no Mambo 1 through 4. There was just Mambo number right. 5, and then he disappeared. Lou, yeah, exactly. Lou Vega was gone. Um, so so I looked at it as, because I, I really looked at songs that I actually thought were good songs, right? And then, so I here's how my criteria broke, here's how I broke it down. If you're at a house party, and one of these three songs comes on, no one changes the, no one changes the mm, channel, right? Yeah. That is, that for me, this is what I'm looking at it. And then the other one is is if you're in if you're at the if you're in the car and the song comes on and you start bopping your head and singing along, classic one hit wonder. The third thing is is that if you're actually at a bar and it happens and people are singing along and kind of grooving to it, that's the ultimate one hit wonder for me. So I've got three of them that I think are, are gonna hit it. So I'm gonna go um and 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 I've got a little bit of everything in terms of taste of the nineties, okay? Because uh, we really wanted to keep this to 90s, A real too. Neapolitan collection of songs, I'm sure. Let's hear them. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to go with my vanilla. Mm-hmm. With, but this has got some bean curd in it, though. So I want you to know that, okay? <laughs> all right, all right. It's um, I'm going uh, Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. is my number three one-hit wonders of the song. And let me tell you why. Because I know you're stunned. Because you're like, God, I wish that could have been my three. And mm-hmm. it can't because it's no, mine. It's not the definition. But here's, here's why. They can't see your face, but I see it on yours. So here's the thing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that is the girls' anthem of the '90s, right? Sure. Every girl loved "Torn" yeah. by Natalie and Bruglia, right? It's the girl anthem of the '90s, right? So it hits yeah. the house party. Does anyone turn it off? If you try and turn it off at a house party, you're yeah. getting slapped. Yeah. Okay. And at a, and at the bar. Yeah, I had the Lisa Loeb like kind of brooding, like staring in the camera, like nothing's right. I'm talking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, yeah. I don't Poo-poo. feel you liking that and song. Then, I just feel you. Oh, okay. It's a, it's in in at a bar. Same thing. Girls just they love. They'll go nuts for this song. It's a, it's actually a pretty catchy pop song. I actually kind of okay. like the song. <laughs> and my third and my third thing on this is oh okay, don't poo poo it too much. Okay, mm-hmm. Natalie Bruglia, piping hot. So I got okay, to yeah, some yeah. bonus points for that. Okay, yeah. So I mean, this it, is a... introduce us to the world to her cuteness. Yeah, yeah. We, we are called a brewery podcast of so that. I mean, sorry, guys. We equal opportunity pod listeners all for it. But let's call it likes we sees it and easy on the retinas. 
Am I right, my friend? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. You want me to go? You want me to go with my? You want me to go with my? Uh, well, two? let me score this real fast. Uh, all right, I'm going to give you your plus 209 points. I'm going to. You broke down your list better, and I think it also it opens up to kind of our female listeners how you know you'll uh, your pro female. I did it for the ladies. Yeah, you're you're uh, you're a little fair fan back in the day. So uh, yeah, we'll give you <laughs> we'll give you 10 points for that. So you're plus 219. All right, you're in the lead. Who's your number two? My number two, two nineteen. Okay, ooh, got to. Uh, so, I, and I don't want to protect the lead too much, right? I don't want to go into I know. four corners here. Drop the ball right off the bat. I'll fucking give so, myself five hundred <laughs> points. You know I will. Uh, I know, right? It could be just lurking. It's like the the <laughs> uh, the rock and jock GM, like the twenty five basket yeah. comes down <laughs> exactly. on the rock and jock and on TV. There you go. That's a nineties reference. I should get a bonus point for that. Um, two twenty. I'm gonna go you got with it. Uh, this is a very this is a this is a very one hit wonder. Okay, in that it was all over the the radio airplay uh, toadies. Possum Kingdom. I don't think I know that song. You don't think you know that song? Sing it. It's uh, it, it oh god damn it! I knew you were gonna. It's a uh, it, oh fuck! This is like, so. This is like this Hum is worse it. than me like talking in front. It goes ding 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 Make and it's like make up your mind. I'm still living and with I your. Promise you. Okay. Oh yeah. I gotta my that sweet angel. Mm. Oh my God! This is gonna be this is gonna be on iTunes. I'm singing on <laughs> iTunes. Are you fucking kidding me? God, watch damn out! It. Watch out, Toadies. Uh, I actually, yes, I know. Let's watch out, Toadies. Up. You know, know the song now. I know the song you're talking about, and that does hit all your criteria. Of, yeah, I picture that coming on. Hits house all party. the criteria. Yeah, nobody fucks with it. This song and this song rocks. It rocks. I listened to it when you were texting me like, "Hey, you ready to pod?" I was like, "It rocks." I was listening to Getting it. In the zone. And yeah. Um, it's yeah, oh yeah, it's so good, Brandana. You actually think that that song's by another band that you actually like from that era. That's how good that song is. Yes, I thought it was from. I thought you were doing Santa Monica by Everclear. <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, I'm going with. This is. This is a little hybrid. This is kind of a song, kind of not a song. Oh, God. It's kind of an anthem. I want to say it was our graduation song, but looking at the year, I don't think it actually was. Uh, Baz Luhrmann's Everybody Wear Sunscreen. Oh, yes. This, how can you consider this a one-hit one? Like I don't remember Baz Luhrmann writing any other genre. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> right. old, old Brandana in high school took himself pretty seriously. He was a bit of a, I'm not oh. saying, did, didn't write poetry, but I was always up for a little inspiration. And that song was whew, coming in, coming in right up my alley. <laughs> drink, oh drink, my drink, a few, yes. drink a few Budweiser's out of the can in a parked car on back gravel roads in Elma, Kansas. Listen to everybody wear sunscreens. I was ready to tackle the world. And you know what? Dreams come true because here I am doing a podcast with you, brother. So tell me that song didn't fucking work. Like, well, by, based on your, well, first off, if it comes out, for me, if it comes out on a house party, everyone's like, what the fuck? Oh, it is fucking song. <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's the yeah, moment yeah, everyone yeah, has yeah. at the house party. <laughs> yeah. It never gets played at the bar. It never gets played at the bar. Correct. I know, I know. So, but I do, I do, I, 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 I do like your out of the box thinking. I yeah. wouldn't have been as bold as you to put it in strawberry level you know, as at your number two. So yeah, I, you could have made it big. number three and have it a little kitsch factor. Well, my rank's but no, I mean, so uh, I'm going to give my, I thought outside of the box on okay. that, I'm not going to be shackled by your criteria that you came in for our fake segment in our podcast. So I'm going to give myself 10 points. So that brings you back to plus two, 10 deal with it. Uh, here we go. Number one, number, number one, and you'll go first, but I can definitely tell you my song at number one, 
does not fit any of your criteria. This song ain't in bars. Oh lord! Unless you hang out with some some depressed dive bars, and it's definitely not coming up <laughs> at house parties. Unless it's unless someone's moving away at this house party, or like some in a some, house, uh, house down. <laughs> yeah, or someone's parents are getting divorced. Maybe they're playing this song at that house party. Yeah, I don't. But let's hear. Oh no! I, I've, I've, I'm stepping on the lead. Let's hear your number one real fast. Plus two ten. Yeah. Oh man, plus two ten coming at you. So here's the thing: I, I was thinking of a house party and the bar, and I said, "Well, what's the ultimate one hit wonder of the '90s song? The song that can get you out on the dance floor and get you moving, right?" Mm-hmm. And at first, you might be thinking, "Oh, okay, I'm thinking some sort of maybe ballad or some sort." No, 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 no. Tub no, thumping. No, no. Tub thumping. No, not tub thumping. I would never go kitschy for that. First All off, right. tub thumping and like semi-sonic closing time. Yeah, those are. I was thinking about those. Those are. I can't, I mean, they're one-hit wonders, but I, I look at them as like, hey, they wrote this song, like, for the bar. You know, like, closing time, like, they're like, oh, there's <laughs> yeah. 55,000 bars out in the world. Like, I'm going to sell 55,000 singles of this because every bar is going to use that as their closing anthem. It's like writing a Christmas album if you're, like, the Aerosmith. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, we're going to cash in on this. So, and same with tub thumping. No, you know, you take a whiskey drink, you take a shot. Yeah. No, come on. Uh, so I'm going to go, it, 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 it gets you on the dance floor cause no one's not jumping to this too. And it goes a little ditty house of pain, jump around. Who doesn't fucking love this song? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's oh, it. Like you're okay. Please. Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to like, you know what I said it, you know, here's, here's, here's how, here's how much I put my pot inside of your head. Oh, Brandana mm-hmm. is when I, when I said that you immediately went, bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you did that right Don't oh do that i wish they could see you dancing right now okay now but i I'll, I'll say this a solid collection of jams for the criteria you put down i think the big debate on this one pack is, it up pack it in i want to hear me begin i want to hear from our listeners email us at mab sports podcast at gmail.com i think well, the, you didn't even say you're one i am I'm, I'm gonna hit it i'm gonna hit it real fast i'm gonna hit it and then move on because i don't want to hear your okay. shit oh, from oh. It. but uh email us i okay. think the big email is your one hit wonders but also uh, uh the criteria on how you pick them uh my number one is freshman by the verb pipe and this is for like a lot of reasons oh like, i like i like this song yeah it's, it's 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 broody af like i was a freshman when it came out so it's kind of like this song's for you brandon signed the verve pipe so i was like i'll take this very seriously and it's uh it's angsty it's you know it's fucking like it's say yes. anything in song form yes i no i love i love it this this got a lot of spins was this 96 or 97 96 my friend 96 so you're right oh man i'm four years older than you jesus yeah i was gonna give you a trip uh, i was gonna give you a trivia question on what happened first this song came out or like i went to high school <laughs> But I think it came out in, I don't know what month it came out, but it's pretty damn close to the same thing. But yeah, that's a 96er. Oh man. So, so you want to, you want a deep, you want a deep dive on, on freshmen? Yeah, buddy. In the verb pipe? You know, they're, they're, they're from, they're from, um, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh shit. And, um, yeah. And so. Are you one my, of the member of the verb pipe? I am. <laughs> I am the freshman that they were talking about. Um, no, no. It, but funny, I do have a, 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 a quick link to Brian Vander Ark, who was like the guitarist. I don't know. Maybe he was a singer, but anyway, so he, we were up in Grand Rapids. My buddy, his older brother played in a band and played, played in a band called the electric six. Um, we were at a venue that they were at, I think in Ann Arbor, 
And we were all going to go back to a party, but that got nixed because one of, I believe one of the members of the Verve Pipe, because um, we're like, oh, we're really stuck. We're going to hang out. And this was this is probably a five or six years later, so it was post their 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 mainstream success. Um, so they're they were willing to hang out with the likely the likes of uh, Most Awesome, a young college age Most Awesome. But that got nixed because one of the band members wanted to hook up with a chick. So it was like, oh well, we can't do that. So that's my little Verve Pipe. Pretty sure you're absolutely not the first guy to tell that story. Uh, we were going to hang out, and then, you know, the, right, the, exactly. the band <laughs> wanted to troll for Strange, so that ended. Oh, tale as old as time. Uh, all right, that's, um, we got a little, I'm just going to, I'm going to read out some one-hit wonders real fast, and rapid fire, tell me the year. So I'm going to give you points. We're going to make okay. it, we're going to make it 10 points a question. These are all 90s one-hit wonders. Ooh. Okay, so, so just, just so everyone knows... Just, I want to preface this. I know no songs. I know no lyrics. I'm horrible. Right. This is really outside my wheelhouse. So this yeah. should be interesting. Yep. Let's make it interesting. At all, but I'm, but I'm, feeling, I'm feeling good with my lead. If I miss one, I'm taking five. You can take five off of my, my 240 that I have. Oh, no, no. I'm taking 10 off. This is... You're putting you're six in 10 the off? middle. Yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking legit 10. So okay. you get, right. you get, right. you get 10 per 10. Uh, okay, so um, Marcy's Playground, Sex and Candy. 97. Oh shit! Yeah, that's ninety-seven. You're right, two twenty. Uh, so I'm gonna read through these songs. I'm gonna yeah. circle back. I actually bought that album. I actually bought that album, and I, 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 most awesome bought that album. I know it because that was my senior, year and I was like, this song is fucking awesome. They, this song is gonna be great, and that was that was it for Marcy's Playground. <laughs> this song fucks. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna read through. <laughs> I'm gonna read through uh, so they can play at home. I'm gonna read through the rest of the songs. I'm gonna read you. So people can put in their head and they can guess along. I'm going to read uh, Steal My Sunshine, Mambo Number 5, uh, Standing Outside a Broken Phone Booth with Money in My Hand, Tub Thump Bean, and Bittersweet Symphony. Okay, circling back. Lynn, Steal My Sunshine, what year? It's in between 1990 and 99. It's, it's Rapid Fire. Steal My Fire. Sunshine. That's the one that's like, ba-bum. Okay, uh, 98. It's 1999, minus 10. You're down to 210. Lou Bega, Mambo Ooh. Number 5. I'm going to go 99 because I felt like I was in college. Yeah, you're right. All right, back up to 220. Uh, prim- primitive Radio God, standing outside a broken phone booth with money in my hand. I don't even know if I know this song. 92. 96, 210. It's a, I've been down Ooh. harder, baby. I've been down harder, baby. Ever since the day. Ever since. That's fine. Uh, editing that out for sure. All right. Uh, so good. Uh, Chumba Wumba Tub Thumping. Uh, 97. Damn, yeah, 97, you're right, 220. How do you get these? Uh, the Verve, Bittersweet Symphony. That was 96, we just said that. Oh, oh, The Verve, oh, The Verve. See, that's the thing, is everyone confuses those two bands. Bittersweet Symphony, I'm going to go 98, because yeah. we haven't had a 98 in there. 97, back down to 210. Uh, okay, you obviously, <sighs> you, you won this week, relax. All right, let's go to the gambling corner. Bring me the jam! Mm. All right, buddy. Uh, we're doing our first kind of circling back and taking a look at Brandana's bet slips, and we should have definitely picked another fucking week to do this because uh, I made Oof. three picks last week. I took uh, Baker Mayfield's draft position, uh, the over-under 6.5. Uh, I took the under on that. Running back selected, it was at 1.5 in the first round. I took the under, I was thinking 1, and then QB selected, uh, it was 5.5. Most awesome, try to warn me over and fucking over, and I wouldn't listen to our fucking, the talent like an idiot, <laughs> and went my own direction, and it was, 
I went over 5.5 and it was five, the under. Okay, we'll fly through this real fast. Yeah. I just want to talk about, okay, so Mayfield's draft position. I thought the Broncos, uh, you surprised he went one overall? Yeah, really surprised he went one overall. And I do like that your your initial thoughts were were on it. And I, and, you know, I try to throw a monkey wrench in that about the trickle-down effect that happens with you know, Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold and, and what that would happen. But Denver went a completely different direction and went defense and a defensive end, the, the, the Bradley Chubb out of North Carolina State. So Baker Mayfield going number one was a real huge, huge shock. Yeah. I don't think anyone saw that. And it came out like the day and a half before the draft that there was rumors. And a lot of times there are people call them smoke screens because people try and leak that information out because they know – Another team is, you know, a few picks behind them that really covets that guy, and then is going to try and they're going to try and leverage that to to do it. So I don't know if that was the case or if they really just fell in love with with Baker Mayfield, but it was on nobody's radar. Yeah, and and, and talk about because you texted me about that. So we took the over, or I'm sorry, we took the under, and it was at what? What was what was what was the? It was plus one ten or something like that. Yeah. So it started out uh, the last week odds when we took it on the podcast. It was the under was minus one fifty, so it was definitely favored. And then right minus before the draft started, right. it was minus two eighty, so it was definitely trending very heavy in that direction. That it was going to be under six point five. But I think the uh, the overall for him to go overall number one the day of the draft was still uh, plus six hundred. So you got a pretty yeah, it was plus six hundred. Yeah. 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 And, and, um, yeah, I think though that, that as a, as a gambler, when you see the move, the line move, even though it's not a tastier payout, it's got to make you feel pretty good that, Hey, it feels like a pretty solid bet, right? Yeah. I think what's you good. You might want to sprinkle your money somewhere else. Yeah. I think what's good is when, uh, so there's a little bit of, you know, you, you want to get paid off for stuff. So I think if there's ever something you feel super strongly about, and we'll talk about this a lot as the NFL season starts out, like it's smart to get those bets in, you know, a week out or as early as you can, because if you think it's going to trend in a different direction, what you want to do is, you know, you want to watch that, like betting this a week ago when we made it on the pod, you know, like I put in, you know, 300, 300 bucks to win, you know, it's minus 150. So that'll pay off $200, right? And now I put in that same $300 right, the night of the right. draft and, you know, I'm, I'm not even getting a hundred bucks back. So you, you kind of want to get in if that's what you're right. thinking early and you want to be ahead of everyone else doing that. And I imagine it's the kind of that leaked information you were talking about the uh like coming up to the draft that he might do that uh great and one running back selected this was um right you know we, we all knew barkley was going early went to the giants two overall i uh, heard his jersey sale was like mm-hmm. broke a record for most rookie sales of jersey during the draft but uh yeah so i i thought i i i, I remember texting you and i thought i looked really good when we got to the uh i remember seattle came up at the 27th spot and there was still only one running back selected. I was like, shit, you know, make it through Seattle. I don't see the Steelers burning like a running back pick. I don't see a Jaguars doing it. I know the Vikings aren't doing it. And then I just got to get through Patriots and Ravens. Uh, That ended up not mattering. I think right after I texted that about the Seahawks, I'm looking good. They picked uh, Penny outside of, out of uh, San Diego state. So that uh, again, another waste of money. And that moved, that moved the other direction as well. So uh, if I was taking the under at that, a week out, it was plus uh, plus 110. And then it even moved higher to plus 165 the day of the draft, which means all the money was going on more than one running back being selected, which I shot and missed on. Right. And that's the thing is that, but that, that was a tough one because all those, you know, 
because it was the, the Eagles were 32 and they traded out because the Ravens traded back in for, for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And like, you know, you don't really see the Patriots burning a number one pick on a running back. Yeah. And they and, did and, that. And the other, and they did, right. And they took Sony Michelle out of, out of Georgia. Um, and then you don't really think, you know, like we, we talked about the Steelers, we talked about, the Seahawks, but there seemed like that there was greater pressing needs, mm-hmm. and and that, that Rashad Penny, the Rashad Penny pick, was even kind of a head scratcher because there was still of all the running backs that were left, you still had Michelle Chubb, um, Darius Geis. You had three running backs that were all collectively maybe not the same order, but all ahead of Penny, and here comes Penny out of South uh, San Diego State. But, you know, Pete Carroll has an affinity for West Coast guys and for Pac-12 guys. So maybe he just saw a lot of extra tape and knew knew something more or thought he'd be a good fit for their scheme and took him. But it it was kind of a shocking pick. Um, I think that pick and the the Tremaine Edmonds, his brother, Terrell Edmonds, Edmonds, who was selected in the first round, who was like on everyone's board like the ninth rated safety, that, those are probably the two most shocking – right. It's great to get the ninth-rated safety um, when the number three safety is available <laughs> on the board. But that was, but that was one of the those – those two were the most shocking late draft picks. You know what I mean? Yeah. That just no, one's, no one predicted that those guys were going to go in the first round. Yeah, it shook it up. And the last one was so, uh, we talked about uh, I try to pull you over to my side. You eventually probably just for the sake of any of the arguments and since we don't keep track of score – we only keep track of dollars in the gambling corner. Map dollars. Uh, inter- right. Entertainment purposes only. Map bucks. Map bucks. Uh, QB selected. Yep. The over-under was five and a half. When we did it, it was minus 200. So that's two to one for your money. And then the night of the draft, uh, the mm. same. it was the same thing. Uh, so I was looking. I knew I was kind of fucked when the Broncos, uh, the Broncos passed on a QB. Uh, I, th- I was the two big things. Okay, so the, the Broncos passed on a QB, so I was like, oh, that's, that's not excellent. And then the yeah. nail in the coffin was with 23. The Patriots, I was thinking maybe if they're not traded down, like they, they want to get a new quarterback in there. I was thinking maybe Belichick lets everyone know who fucking calls the shots around there since they need a fucking guy, but didn't happen. So Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, so not an yeah. ex- No, it was a tough one. It was yeah. a tough one. We could have gone two for three and walked away with a little bit of money, but... You had to get cute, Brandon. I, I got too damn adorable. Adorable and broke. So, uh, again, for the exactly. uh, for, for the Mabby Hour, keep it off that fucking top shelf. Seriously, we want the listeners. But <laughs> money money's a little tight over here in the gambling corner. <laughs> right. But here's the great thing. About, right, exactly. We're licking our wounds. But here's the great thing about the gambling corner mm-hmm. is that we're always ready to go for the next the next parlay, the next best bet, oh, hell yeah. the next yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So, much like a, a, an NFL quarterback... Uh, you got to have a short-term memory here in the gambling corner, people. That's right. If I want to teach you anything, is if you lose, fucking double down. Get that money back. That's right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, That's right. Exactly. Next week's podcast will come from a street corner. Yeah, it's uh, poaching Wi-Fi from a Starbucks. Yeah, it's called uh, "How to Ask Your Friends' Parents to Borrow Money." Uh, next week's gambling corner. Right, All right. right. Uh, let's jump in. Right. Let's let's close this mutter out. Uh, another good episode, most awesome. How's that feel for this kind of our first one where one of us is on the road? Feels pretty solid for kind of not being in our comfy chairs. That we're I'm using loving here. it exactly. And I and I know we're we're up against it here, so <laughs> we're uh, totally up against yeah, it, man. I, 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 most awesome. How up against it are <laughs> right. we? We're so up against it. We're so up against it. I'm I I'm between a rock and an up against it. That's how up against <laughs> it I am. I'm doubling down on my up against it. 
Uh, hit me with your MVP of the there week. We go. got MVP of the week. I'm going to go with the NCAA, and I know that's a bit shocking versus our stance on the NCAA, but I'm I'm appreciating their efforts in 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 allowing Shea Patterson, the Ole Miss transfer uh, to University of Michigan, to not make him sit out a year and transfer, and he's going to play this fall for the University of Michigan Wolverines. So my MVP is the NCAA. Because they did the right thing and not held up over held up these guys over arbitrary transfer rules. All right, seems a little bit in your favor, but we'll take it. Uh, MVP of the week. I'm gonna go. Uh, yeah, this one's a little personal. I'm just gonna the crew out here shooting this feature. We're nine days in the middle of Pennsylvania. A lot of people taking you know lower rates to come out and make this movie happen. It's, it's just kind of cool to see something. A lot of people put in hard work to make friend of mine's vision come to life and it's a lot of fun and there's just kind of a there's a always a cool vibe we're having fun out here uh so thank thank those guys for the hard work they do yeah i like that you threw that out there so you can make them listen all the way to the end for their compliment i like that nice nicely done. that's that's podcasting right there my man if you don't think every fucking assistant camera grip gaffer craft services person hasn't heard about the mab sports podcast then you got another thing coming there are no Mabs. No Mabbers out here. <laughs> right. uh, right, the no Mabs. All uh, right. Taking Pennsylvania. By storm. Yeah, we need Pennsylvania to start right. showing up on that uh, that list of regions. Uh, okay, tail from exactly. the front. We're going to hand over the microphone to my boy, Ooh. most awesome. You're in the driver's seat. Let's see how this 60 right. second feels like. Hit us with it, brother. Okay. So so uh, to protect all the names on this, I'm not going to use anyone's names, but... but uh, um, this story is from my wife was in a theater company and, and they were doing a production of the full Monty um, to which we needed to do a little bit of fundraising. Uh, so one of the uh, the people that was invested in it decided to throw a party. Um, a lot of the proceeds would go help fund the the production, but they were also doing some some giveaways and some prizes. And one of the competitions was who could dress the most full Monty, um, which basically meant not really wearing much of anything. So your boy M.A. rolled out as he does and stepped his game up and, and was dressed to uh, the nines, or I guess in this case it would be the minus nines because I was barely wearing anything. Mm-hmm. And one of, our, one of our frat brothers out there, who shall remain nameless, sure. uh, because he's got a, a real life and a, and a real job, he showed up and he's hyper competitive as well too. So he took it, but he showed up in 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 clothes at first, and uh, there good was start. a song that there was a dance floor, right? Exactly. Yes, yeah, good start. I showed up to just basically naked, um, but he showed up, and then there became there was a big reveal, um, and I believe it was um, "Jump" by Van Halen was playing, and he had a shirt, and he stripped a shirt off, and you could see almost like a. An, a, a, a um, Borat style bathing suit. Sure. And then he had some tearaway pants on and he did a jump and did like a Dave, you know, Diamond David Lee Roth leg kick out, pulled off the, the tearaway pants. Mm-hmm. And we got to see a little bit of, little bit of everything on that tearaway. Oh. So oh, he had a little, uh, a little guest, guest appearance. A little guest appearance. Yes, exactly. Much to the chagrin of everyone around him, including his date that was there, um, they were mortified, and it really set that party off right. I don't know about you, Brandana, but when you get to see Dick early on in the party, you know it's going to be a good party. <laughs> God, God, uh, yeah. I already hated that fucking song, and uh, now it has a perfect visual to go along with that jam. Uh, all right, that is... Uh... 
episode nine. Uh, as always, guys, you can reach us at MAB Sports Podcast. That's sports plural at gmail.com. Please search MAB Sports on iTunes. Subscribe. Uh, give us a little rating of five stars. Leave a comment. We have the competition going this work uh, this week. Mabby Hour is still active. And also send us how many people you got signed up by Thursday. And then be a guest That's on right. our big episode 10. I'm Brandana. He's most right. awesome. Don't forget about... Oh, 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 What's up, oh, brother? Oh, I'm sorry. Don't forget about the Twitter, yeah. at MAB underscore sports. At, hit, the, hit us up there, too. Go now go back That's into perfect. it. That's perfect. At MAB underscore sports. We got, we're expanding. we got to be on social media. That's part of it. Got to find the no mabs. Our game is tight. Our game is tight. Looking for out there. In an oasis in the desert of boring podcasts. Not here, people. He's most awesome. I'm Brandana. Sign yourself off, brother. Clear heart. Oh, I fucked it up again. God damn it. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week for episode 10. No. Oh, Bye-bye. God. Perfect. Bye. time turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl closing time one last call for alcohol so finish your whiskey or beer closing time you don't have to go home but you can't stay 